My name is Erin Macri, and I am a member of the BJSM editorial team. It is my pleasure today to introduce to you Dr. Moretta, Moretta Moller. Dr. Moller is a physiotherapist, assistant professor at the University of Southern Denmark, and is also an affiliated researcher at Oslo Sports Trauma Research Center in Norway. She's a former elite handball player, and as someone with firsthand experience of sport-related injury at an elite level, her research focuses on helping young athletes to prevent injury, achieve their full potential, and stay physically active throughout their lives. Welcome, and thanks for joining us, Dr. Moller. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. So today we're talking about injury prevention. So just to start off the interview, why don't we just sort of set the stage by talking about what exactly do we know about injury prevention in general? Well, in general, we know both that um, that injury prevention exercise programs can almost half the risk of uh, common lower extremity injuries in both youth and, and senior players. Uh, we have uh, pretty solid evidence to support that in particular. And it also seems like uh, you know, even in in for the the youth uh, female players, we we have seen that the the risk can be du- can be reduced by up to to almost seventy five percent. So so for lower extremity injuries, we uh, we have pretty solid uh, evidence now. Then if we look at the uh, shoulder injuries, we have. Uh, limited evidence, but uh, a promising uh, study from uh, Japan uh, really showed also some promising results uh, uh, reducing the risk of shoulder injuries by almost uh, 50%. So this is an area where we know uh, a a bit less, but I know there's an upcoming interesting study also from uh, from Sweden looking at uh, how uh, with positive effects on uh, injury prevention exercise programs uh, in, in Swedish youth handball. So as a researcher, being able to reduce the risk of any sort of outcome by half is really tremendous. And so I wonder if you could maybe go into a little bit more detail about what we're talking about with injury prevention, like these physical exercise programs. What are they? Yes, um, sure. So, um, for, for 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 instance, the 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 lower extremity where we have uh, the the most knowledge, there is a, of of course some uh, difference uh, across the the programs, but all are based on fundamental uh, components like uh, strength training, uh, particular focus on the quadriceps and the hamstring ex- uh, hamstring uh, strengths. And uh, we have some jump and landing exercises, and we also have uh, balance exercises, and uh, and also the focus, for instance, in handball, how you land, your landing technique. So, so even though we see some difference, we also have these basic principles in that that goes uh, 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 that that is similar to in in all the. Uh, uh, the programs, and then importantly, in most of the programs, it, it, it doesn't take more than than maybe fifteen, uh, ten to fifteen minutes to uh, to perform, and it's mostly a part of the the, the warmer routine, and it's performed between one to three times a week, and uh, the 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 primary delivery is is, is uh, often the the coaches. And uh, if you then look at the shoulder uh, programs, it's it's also based on some fundamental principles. You know, uh, focus on uh, particular focus on the strengths of the external uh, rotation strengths and uh, and um, and the scapular muscles, and also uh, you know neuromuscular control of 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 uh, the whole body actually in, uh, incorporated in the programs and 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 core stability. So. Uh, 
So even though we have a lot of program analysis and it can be difficult to to pick one of the programs, perhaps, well then 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 I, I just want to say that there are some some basic components that can be incorporated in the, in the, in a in a warm up routine. So given that we do know that these programs are so effective in a in a research context. Why are we not seeing that being translated into the real world and actually seeing a large reduction in injuries out there on the field? Yeah, it's a good question. But if actually, if you look at the RCT study, uh, studies, it all, already starts there because you can see that some, that some of the studies actually have problems with, with the compliance to the programs. And if we struggle to have compliance uh, with the program uh, in an RCT studies that is very controlled, then obviously we will also have some really uh, 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 problems in the real world, I think. But it is important because we actually see that you have to, to do these exercises to get the preventive uh, um, preventive effects. For instance, in the in the in the knee pro- control program study, well, players who didn't comply to this uh, program, they, they they didn't see any effects uh, compared to the con- control group. Whereas the, the ones that really comply to this program, they have a, a larger uh, effect uh, than than the sixty four percent. So it's I think it was almost up to seventy five percent effect of of the the program. So compliance and adherence is is of course really really important. So why do we not see that in the in the real world? Uh, well, to be honest, I think. Um, I'm not that surprised, and I think uh, Evert Verhagen, Professor Evert Verhagen, have said it very nicely that uh, you can ask yourself, and you can ask ask the coaches and the, and the players and and the federation, and you can hit them in the head, and you can ask why are you not using these great programs that we have in in these RCT studies, but you can also turn it around and, and ask, are your programs really that great? And I think that's one of the, the, the things that, that we, if you go back and look at the program, well, they might be suitable in the RCT studies, but all of these programs are focused on biomechanical and physical risk factors that do not take into account, you know, the, 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 the context, context and the social levels and how these all these organizational levels interact uh, in, in the real world. And I think that's one of the main uh, reasons why these are not implemented. Then we see, of course, there are some uh, uh, barriers um, that goes across the sports. Uh, for instance, knowledge is one of the things that really, uh, I think, is, I think is, is the main barrier. The coaches doesn't they, they don't know they don't know about the program. The federations rarely know about the program, and the players, if the coaches don't know about the program, then the players doesn't uh, don't know about the, the the program. So that's knowledge is definitely one of the the main uh, uh, barriers. And the question then is, how do we get the knowledge out there? Because when the RCT studies uh, end, who is actually responsible to to get the results out there in the real world? Very often, research are not funded, funded to do that work. And um, so it, it, it requires that the Federation, first of all, can, can figure out to find the results uh, in, uh, in these uh, very scientific papers, and then they have to interpret the results and make this knowledge translation into, uh, you know, uh, uh, in a way that that players and coaches understand. And that also is a huge work. 
And I'm not sure that um, many, all of the Federation actually have the, the, the resources and the, the required knowledge to do that. So, so knowledge is definitely uh, one in, in important uh, barriers. And then we, then we hear that it's not sports, the programs are not sports specific, they have a lack of progressions, and that's of course natural because these programs are designed for a one-year study, always. You very rarely see that the programs are designed for, for, for many years, and, and who is actually then responsible for these to, to, for the programs in the, in the real-world setting. And if you don't have any programs or any changes in the programs, then I definitely understand that also the coaches and, and players think uh, it, is boring, it is boring to perform these uh, exercises, so, so, and, and which is also one of the, the main uh, barriers um, to, to why these are not implemented in the real world. So having identified some very important barriers, can you also uh, look at, or have you also considered some of the facilitators and things that actually might help make some of these programs successful? Yeah, so we have we have uh, looked at that, and I know other studies uh, has done that as well. And uh, obviously, this uh, is a is a you know it's it's very similar to it's a contrast to the barriers because then we need to to make the programs more sport specific, and that's. That's what we are definitely trying to do in, in handball. And but I, I think we also um, what we hear is also that you know the coaches are role models uh, for these uh, young players, and they want to do what the coaches are t- tell them to do actually. And they they really are, so if the coaches are engaged and are motivated, well then the the players and uh, also will be motivated for this. So so the real challenge is actually to get the coaches motivated and uh, and and make sure that they understand uh, and are comfort in in performing uh, feel comfortable in performing these uh, pe- performing these exercises because that's actually also a barrier that they d- they do not necessarily feel that they can perform these exercises and sometimes they are more afraid of hurting the player than helping the player and then they they don't do, do the exercises at all so i think if we can support the coaches uh, to be these role models and, and help them to you know, edu- educate them uh, in the best way. I think that's that's uh, really uh, an important facilitator. And but but then we then we talked about well th- this requires perhaps some resources and and um, and then, and that's the next part that we are also working. How can we how can we uh, how much resources does does this actually requires? Because we really want to this. We are seeking to get a more professional involvement when uh, in in our implementation of the of the happy program because we see that's in also in other studies that is actually an important facilitator and and the question then then is how much professional uh, involvement uh, is needed and that is something that we are uh, uh, focusing focusing on and then uh, uh, an important uh, facilitator also highlighted by Eva Ackerman and colleges education both from for the, the coaches the players but also the parents but because the parents actually also have a very very important role in in this uh, work i think um, we have you know we have parents two two parents i think two two kind of parents we have the one parent that is maybe too ambitious uh, and and they push their players and they force them to play even though they have injuries, 
And then we have also other kind, the, the, the other side of the, the parents that actually just, you know, they are sending their kids to, to, to training and, 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 and then cross their, you know, and then they go back and they are not even thinking about the risk of injury. And that's really contrast because in all other areas in the society, we do everything to protect our kids. We would never send our kids out in the traffic without a, a helmet, for instance, on, on his or her bike. But when we look at the in, in sports, I think we, we are sending our kids to sport and we, we are not, many parents are not even considering the risk of injuries and they are not putting in a requirement to the clubs or, or asking them, what are you doing to prevent, what are your strategies to prevent injuries for my kids? And I think that's actually something, I, I, we would like to get the parents more involved in this. I think they, they, they are really important as well. So having identified some of these barriers and facilitators to the uptake of these injury prevention programs, you and your colleagues have developed the HAPPY trial uh, as, a, as a way to try and bridge the gap into real-world implementation. Can you tell me a bit about what the HAPPY trial is? So in the HAPPY project, we're trying to address these facilita- facilitators and barriers by engaging the, uh, the end users in, in the development of our injury prevention uh, initiatives and also the implementation plan, which are focusing on uh, injury pre- uh, reducing the risk of injuries in, in particularly youth handball players. But uh, our aim is that we can use some of the, the, the approaches also to address this in, in other youth uh, sports. So basically, the, the, we are trying to um, involve uh, in, in this program and, and implementation plan, we are trying to focus on education of both the, the players and the coaches and the, and the parents. And we are trying to change the program uh, during the season so that they uh, are able to get these progression and, and changes in, in the programs. And then we have trying to uh, make it more, of course, sport-specific and also age-specific. I think that's important uh, as well. And uh, yes, and actually, I think one of the, the, the main thing that we actually also got from when we look at the, the feedback is that, you know, the warm-up routines today in handball, is, is it, it, they actually use too much time on it. So, so we are actually suggesting a whole new uh, warm-up routine that... Uh, that, uh, uh, that takes uh, less time, but includes all the, the, the things that we know uh, prevent injuries from, from the great studies that have been conducted already. So hopefully in the future, we will see uh, uh, fewer in- injuries in, in Danish youth handball. That would be really uh, a really uh, uh, great endpoint. Fantastic. This has been going on now for a while. What have you learned? Like if we could just talk about the early successes of your of your study, what have you learned so far? I think one of the main uh, thing that we really learned is the, the positive effect of the engagement of particularly all the end, end users, but particularly the uh, the organizations. It has been really, really uh, interesting and and uh, to see how this engagement, they are actually paying some of my salary, for instance. And I think this engagement also, you know, it puts, they are much more, they have much more buy-in in, uh, in, in this project. And, and suddenly they, they interact. We have a, a whole other communication. It's just, it's not, it's no longer 
a, a just a research project. It's actually a, a project that is, you know, uh, they see it as a quality uh, development project in in in, uh, in in handball, and they're very much engaged. And suddenly, uh, they are helping us with funding to 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 buy for resources and, you know, uh, willing to implement this in apps. And you know, they are suddenly putting uh, much more money in this that we, uh, it would be difficult to find funding for these money. So one of the most positive, positive things is, uh, is the engagement of the organizations, I, I think. Um, but also uh, what we have learned from the players and the coaches, it's, it's really, really interesting. It's been really, really a learning experience to hear uh, 14 years old um, boys and girls talking about this subject and and talking about you know areas that we didn't even think about you know they mentioned well I think uh, we, when we asked them what what do you think is important to prevent injuries rather than, I think it would be nice to be able to talk with my coach about injuries you know they they actually uh, mentioned some of some aspects that we we we, we weren't uh, uh, quite aware of and also that they feel the pressure from from them from themselves and from the coaches and and also sometimes from their parents and this emphasizes that intervention is obviously not just not just uh, about the exercises it's it's a uh, it's a combination of also uh, psychological factors and and uh, and uh, it's uh, it's about sleep and and it's about you know um, how you eat so it's a combination and and we're trying to incorporate this in, in in the education so that's really been a learning a positive learning experience uh, this uh, induced uh, engagement fantastic what do you envision as far as what you're expecting to see with the happy trial well, we, obviously, we are we are hoping that uh, we we we're really we're really trying to um, to make uh, this as a part of the community, uh, the handball community. So we want we want the, the the coaches and the players and the federations to engage in this, so that it's not depending on us as a researchers. I think that's really important, and one of the the main things from from um, from previous research, you know, it's, it, these these initiatives cannot be uh, be uh, based only on the researchers because we have to find funding <laughs> to to make the projects right, and and sometimes we don't get the funding, and then then the project stops. So so it's really really important to get the buy-ins from the end users and 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 make them understand that this is important for them, and this is just we're trying to sell this that this is just a part of being a. A handball player. It's a part of the education of a handball player, and uh, we try not to distinguish to say now you're doing injury prevention. For us, it's just you know it's just a part of the warm up and, and strength routine that they are normally doing. Mm-hmm. We have just changed it uh, a bit. So, as a listener who is a researcher, if you were to tell me the key take home messages for how I should go about designing a injury prevention trial, what would you want to tell me i think the the main 
most important thing is that if you uh, your research is about uh, achieving real world effectiveness outcomes, uh, not not just in a in a in a trial, but you also want to the to to achieve the the uh, positive outcomes in the real world. Well, then you need to engage the the real world also in your research efforts. And uh, this is not new. This has been advocated from for for many years by by many prominent uh, researchers like you know uh, professors Carolyn Emery, Caroline Finch, and and uh, Alex Donaldson, uh, Nevat Verhagen, and you know it's 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 nothing new. But I still think we see that that uh, research projects they. They start. Uh, they they are perhaps very limited, as you said uh, also earlier. We we normally have three years for our projects, and my experience is actually when you want to engage uh, inducers, it, it 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 actually requires some time. <laughs> so uh, you know, I I learned uh, learned it in the hard way. I I, I tried to send a, a questionnaire out to the to, to the coaches, and I gave them one week to respond, and then and then. Uh, a coach uh, or a club administrator said, well, we are volunteers and we do not necessarily check this email uh, once uh, a week. So you need to give us more time. And that was just a reality check. You know, it's it, they don't necessarily waiting on your questionnaire to respond. They, they really need time and to engage in this and you need to respect that they, they, they do that. So what we experience is that it takes a lot of time and perhaps that's why, you know, some research, they, if it's a PhD study, they have to make the short uh, term and, and just, um, I, I would not just do like everybody else, but you know, they, 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 they might uh, take some decisions to, to drop the disengagement of the end users. And I think, I, I think that's, uh, it's still informative, but uh, it, uh, my experience uh, is definitely that you get much more out of it if you spend the time on engaging these uh, end users in the, in the in your research, and and we do it in in all parts. We do it in development of both the program and the implementation program. We do it in in the evaluation. They get feedback in all our process of this uh, of this project and. And I must say, it's it's been a really really learning experience for all of us uh, researchers uh, uh, that are, that is a part of this um, project. Wonderful, that sounds great. I I love to hear that you've had such success with getting buy-in from from all of your stakeholders and your community. One last question that I have for you is: so now, from the listener who is say an athlete or a coach, if you had a a, a key message for those people. What would you like athletes and coaches as a listener or a clinician even to know about injury prevention implementation and how they can maybe support or, or work with researchers in a more effective way? Yeah, well, I, I um, first of all, I, th- I think uh, uh, it's important uh, to say that it is uh, worth the efforts. It's definitely worth the effort to engage in this uh, in this uh, type of training as well uh, as a as a as a coach and a, as a player, uh, I understand as a youth player it, it can be uh, difficult uh, to uh, fully grasp the how important it is uh, because you're young and you think of everything else in that age. I certainly did, and I, I think uh, if you all think about when you were teenagers, I think it's it's not the future health that it that is in your mind. 
but but it's definitely worth uh, the effort. And uh, I I must say if if I could uh, if I if I could prioritize otherwise, I would definitely spend you know uh, focus on this type of training instead of maybe one or two year uh, in rehab and uh, and ending my career prematurely. So it's it's definitely worth the effort, and and then the coaches should realize that it is their responsibility uh, to implement this because the, the players are not able to um, you know they, they they don't understand the consequences and they just they just want to uh, want to to have fun and, and play handball and I think and and then they should uh, go to sport and have fun and and play their sport without worrying that much but they should trust that the the adults surrounding them are are, are doing the best they can to to uh, to minimize the risk of injuries and 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 also for the coaches and the federation it's definitely worth it because you know uh, we, we lose so many talents uh, before they are even senior players uh, due to injuries mm-hmm. so yeah. i think in short it's it's definitely worth to prioritize prioritize this in 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 the in the weekly routines and in and i understand that that you need uh, help and and support uh, to to uh, to engage in this, and, and that's also why we actually are trying to involve the pro- uh, clinicians and health professionals in this work. Uh, because as for now, you said, what are the, the 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 advice to the clinicians? Well, actually, when when I'm talking about this, most clinicians are actually seeing these youth players after their injury. Um, because there's no resources to uh, to um, to have them in the club, uh, so if they are engaged in club, it's all it's almost also uh, it's very often also uh, on a volunteer basis, and that's you know I understand that it's it's not that um, tempting to engage in that, but I actually think that first of all I don't think the involvement requires that much. We have a study, you know they. It, uh, the um, health professional were engaged maybe you know uh, at the start of the season and one month after the, the season started three months and and that was enough to make sure that the the players felt they were able to uh, to do these exercises so it doesn't have to be much but I think the professional involvement is involvement and I really really hope that we manage to find a solution on how how this can be managed in a in a you know just as a as I said again in a as a weekly routine in in many clubs. Yeah, and thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Muller. It's my pleasure. And thanks to you, the listeners of BJSM Podcast, for joining us, and we hope you have a physically active day. 